On today's episode, I'll be getting into part three of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. Today, we're getting into the good stuff. I'll be jumping into the top 10, and I'll also be discussing Arvid Soderblom showing signs of improvement despite the Blackhawks losing yet another road game. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too, and make sure to go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account as well at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, to please help me out by smashing the like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. If you're an audio listener of the show regularly, please make sure to rate and review. Those things help me out tremendously as well, and it's all 100% free. So make sure to take care of that real quick. And also got to let you know, today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Jace Medical. Go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off with your first order of life-saving medication. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Happy Friday. Hope everyone's day is off to a good start here thus far, even though I know we got some more snow here in the Chicagoland area. Temperatures are back down under 10 degrees. I think it's uh, seven right now here in the suburbs as I'm recording this. So hope everyone's still bundled up, staying warm and all that good stuff. But uh, hope everyone's day is off to a good start. If you're tuning into this on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, Saturday morning, then I hope everyone's weekend is off to a good start and going better Then the Blackhawks' performance did last night against the Buffalo Sabres. A pretty uneventful game, uh, pretty much a snooze fest that the Blackhawks put up to drop their 16th consecutive road game. Not a typo, not a misspeak on my behalf. They haven't won a road game since November 9th against the Tampa Bay Lightning over two months ago. It has been a ridiculous skid for the Blackhawks in their opponent's buildings. I'll be getting into that during segment three of today's show. Stay tuned in if you want to hear more on all that entertaining stuff that the Blackhawks did last night. But to kick things off on the show here today, as you all already know, I'm going to be getting into part three of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. And we're starting to get into the fun stuff, Blackhawks fans. As today, I'll be breaking down numbers six through 10 on my list, getting inside the top 10. And as a quick reminder, make sure to go and check out parts one and part two before You listen to part three here today. It only makes sense to go about this in chronological order. And also make sure to be commenting and interacting with me down below in the comment section. Let me know if you think I have someone too high, too low, just right. It's the fun part about all of this. Not all of our lists are going to look exactly the same. We're undoubtedly going to have some differences in our list. So make sure to go and let me know about all of that in the comment section. But as a quick recap, last chance, spoiler alerts coming here in one second. If you want to back out, This is your last chance. Coming in at number 20, I had two number 20s, actually. Samuel Savoie and Aiden Thompson, as I accidentally miscounted and 
couldn't uh, dictate which one of those two I wanted to have in my honorable mention. So just decided to have them both come in at number 20. Number 19 was Ilya Safinov. 18, Landon Slagger. 17, Paul Ludwinski, that Paulie Ludz guy. 16, Martin Mishiak, Mr. Mishiks. 15 is Nick Lardis. 14, Gavin Hayes. 13, Roman Kansarov. 12, Wyatt Kaiser. And 11, Sam Renzel. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the top 10 Blackhawks fans. And checking in at number 10 is 20-year-old, 6'2", 200-pound, left-handed defensive defenseman Nolan Allen, who was the 32nd overall pick in the 2021 NHL Draft. And if you all remember, that was when the Blackhawks made that trade with Columbus to send Seth Jones here to Chicago. I believe it was the 7th overall pick that we ended up sending over to Columbus where they selected Cole Sillinger. Can't remember exactly what pick it was. So much has gone down uh, over the last two and a half years ever since then. But if you all remember correctly as well, when the Hawks took Nolan Allen at number 32, there was a lot of surprise because most draft analysts and draft scouts that were familiar with him kind of penciled him as a late second round pick, early to mid third round selection. And this was when Stan Bowman was still in charge and general manager of the Blackhawks. So even I was like, this seems like an outside of the box type selection. But I'll tell you what, even admittedly over the last two years, I really wasn't all that impressed with Nolan Allen. Whenever I got a chance to see him at development camp or when I saw him get some preseason action a couple of years ago, I remember against the St. Louis Blues, yeah, he had some size to him, but his skating was a problem. I thought he looked a little bit out of place there. And I, I just had some concerns about his game, especially as a defensive-minded defenseman that really doesn't provide all that much offensively. But he's really developed well into a anchor of a defenseman these last couple of years, finishing off his junior career with the Prince Albert Raiders and the Seattle Thunderbirds, along with Colton Dockin, Kevin Korchinski last season. And now he's in the midst of his first professional campaign down in Rockford with the Ice Hogs. And I actually just spoke with Ice Hogs play-by-play announcer Mike Folta yesterday. Make sure to go and check out that show to hear more about what's been going on with the Ice Hogs in the first half of the regular season. But one thing he talked about a lot was how Ethan Del Mastro and Nolan Allen, two guys who are both rookies, at the professional level this year. They've been playing a lot together this season with Allen on his off wing, and that's something that's kind of been thrown around the last few months given all the left-handed defensemen the Hawks have in the system. Kind of seems like Nolan Allen and maybe someone else might have to try to adapt to the right side of things because of just the sheer numbers of prospects they already have at that position. But Mike Fulta made sure to mention that uh, Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro have been the top two defensemen all season long for the Rockford Ice Hogs. And to hear him kind of seamlessly transition into the professional level is really impressive out of Nolan Allen. And he's also contributed for eight points, one goal and seven assists in his first 33 games this season. Um, Offense has never really been his bread and butter, but it has been nice to see him work on his puck moving specifically over these last couple of years. He also had 27 points and 57 WHL games last season before turning pro. So, I don't ever expect him to be a gifted offensive player, but he's at least showing better development in those areas the last couple of years. As far as his strengths go, though, it's all about his size and physicality on the back end. He's been a grown man for the last couple of years, six foot two, already 200, 205 pounds. He's a really strong guy, a penalty kill type of guy as well, can play on both sides, which is great. He did that in Seattle sometimes last year as well. And I think he is an underrated puck mover. 
from out of his own zone. I think he plays a simple, straightforward game, and that's what's kind of intriguing about him is there's no beating around the bush. There's really nothing fancy. It's kind of similar to Ethan Del Mastro in the defensive sense of things, but I do think Del Mastro undoubtedly has the higher offensive upside of the two, and that's kind of the weakness with Nolan Allen here, right, is offensive upside, playmaking, even the shot, I think he could develop a little bit more despite scoring 11 goals last year in the WHL. I think, you know, as a big body, he could become maybe a, just a hard slap shot type of guy from the blue line. And then just his overall skating, he's an okay skater, not bad, but not great. I think he could kind of take that to another gear as well. But as far as my projection goes for Nolan Allen, I have him as a second pairing defensive defenseman, a penalty kill type of guy for the Blackhawks. Um, I kind of had a tough time debating between him and Sam Renzel at number 10. Admittedly, I think Renzel certainly has the higher upside, but I think Nolan Allen has the higher floor given how responsible he is defensively and how he already is a grown man at 19, 20 years of age. Those things are going to help him whenever he does make that next transition to the NHL level. So I had Nolan Allen coming in at number 10. And then coming in at number nine, I have Adam Guyan, 19-year-old second-round pick for the Blackhawks in the 2023 NHL draft, their first of three second-round picks. He went 35th overall and was actually the first goaltender taken off of the board. And he's a six foot two, 190 pound right-handed gloved netminder. And so far with the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL, um, there was kind of some confusion. People thought that Diane was going to be heading to the University of Minnesota Duluth as a freshman this past fall, but he's actually going to be doing that next fall, kind of going the Sam Renzel route, if you will, playing in the USHL before going and uh, being a freshman next year. But so far with the Green Bay Gamblers of the USHL, Guyane has been tremendous. Basically everything you've wanted to see from him in that league. He's got a 14-4-2 record with a 3.03 goals against average and a 9-11 save percentage in his first 20 games this season. But what's really been the most impressive thing about Adam Guyane is what he's been doing or what he's done, I guess I should say, at the World Juniors over the last two years. That's really when he made his presence felt for uh, the, the Czech, the Slovaks, excuse me. Um, because he wasn't even supposed to be their starting goaltender entering the tournament, but ended up getting the opportunity and won the best goaltender of the entire world. Juniors kept the Slovaks alive and, um, gave them life against team Canada before Connor Bedard ultimately ended up stomping on their hopes and dreams. But that's really where Guyane made his mark, made his lasting impression. And you know, the Blackhawks run office, was keeping a tight eye on all those games at the World Juniors with uh, them being in the mix for the projected number one overall pick, which they ended up winning, of course. So you know they got a lot of good looks at Guyane and then, yeah, made him the first goaltender off the board in the 2023 NHL draft, which is going to be very interesting to see how that pans out in a couple of years' time with uh, Michael Horabo and a couple other netminders going right after him. But as far as the strengths go for Guyane, admittedly, I haven't watched a ton of him, like, haven't really watched him at all for the Green Bay Gamblers and got a little bit of uh, what he what he has under his belt at the World Juniors this year. So kind of hard to exactly dictate what his strengths and weaknesses are. As far as uh, strengths, though, I would say the athleticism that he has is really strong. He's able to go from post to post in a hurry to make a sprawling save. His co- consistency thus far at a young age, I think, is really impressive. And back-to-back World Juniors had really good showings. 
has not really had a hiccup at all so far with the Green Bay Gamblers, was good with them last year as well. So I think the consistency has been solid for Guyane. As far as the weaknesses go, I would say it's just kind of becoming a sturdier goaltender and just getting reps and as much experience as possible. And then also just proving that the world juniors weren't a fluke, proving that he wasn't a one hit wonder and that the Blackhawks made a mistake by taking him as the first goalie off the board. I don't think he is. And I do project him to be an NHL goaltender, but to be fair with goalies, you just never really know their development uh, and the progress that they show. It's not linear. There's no straightforward path. It kind of is different for everyone. And it's typically the position that takes the longest to, kind of become sturdy at and become an NHL caliber goaltender. Um, so it's going to be a little while before we know for sure about Adam Guyan or before he even hits the professional level. But I do believe he has the abilities to be an NHL goaltender. I don't know if that's going to be a starter or as a backup. Those are things we're going to figure out in those next couple of years. But I do think he was a good selection for the Blackhawks at number 35 overall. All right, there are the first couple of prospects that crack my top 10. I'll get into numbers six through eight here in just a moment. But first, I got to talk to you all about Jace Medical. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And this is scary. I can't imagine a more... Helpless feeling than if a loved one got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they needed. And that's why I'm here to present you all today with the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses. And you can also go and customize your own case for your own specific preferences and needs by visiting jacemedical.com and completing your physician encounter. And it's never been more important to be prepared than right here, right now, today. So make sure you do so by going and visiting jacemedical.com. You can also use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get $20 off with your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off with your first order at jacemedical.com. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, the Blackhawks take on the New York Islanders at the United Center on Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop, the first of two meetings between these two teams this season. And you can catch all of the Blackhawks hometown broadcast with the SiriusXM app. All you have to do is just search Blackhawks. Segment two, picking up where I left off, getting further into my top 10 Blackhawks prospect list here at the midway point of the 2023-2024 NHL regular season. Coming in next at number eight is none other than Colton Dock, 21-year-old second round pick for the Blackhawks back in 2021 uh, after Nolan Allen was their first round pick. And he is a six foot four, 205 power forward who's in the midst of his first professional campaign with the Rockford Icehogs as well. Unfortunately, he's currently out due to an injury, and that's kind of been the knock against Colton Dock so far uh, in the Blackhawks organization, in their prospect pool, is, you know, he's done a lot of impressive things, one healthy, but just hasn't been able to be on the ice consistently. And going back to last year, he got hurt, not this past fall, fall of 2022, got hurt at Blackhawks development camp, 
suffered a concussion when he was still the captain of the Kelowna Rockets. That forced him to miss a lot of time early on in the season for them. And then he goes and plays at the World Juniors for Team Canada, suffers a oddly similar wrist injury to what his older brother Kirby suffered when he was the captain a few years back. That forced him to miss more time, even though on the positive side, it didn't force him to miss the entirety of the season, but only got in 23 games in the WHL last year combined for Seattle and for uh, Kelowna in the regular season, had 27 points in those 23 games, but never really looked the same. And especially his shooting abilities, I thought were really hindered by that wrist injury that he suffered. But this year got off to a really good start with Rockford uh, and was really getting it going in his last couple of games before suffering another injury. Picked up his first career AHL hat trick, also had a shootout goal in that one as well. And in total has 16 points in his first 23 AHL games, but suffered a bad concussion on a really unfortunate circumstance uh, and is now out for the time being. So hopefully Colton will be able to return sometime here soon because he looks like he could be a true goal scoring power forward one day down the road for the Chicago Blackhawks. As far as his strengths go, what's always jumped out to me about Colton when I've seen him in person is he loves calling his own number. He loves shooting that biscuit. It's kind of similar to Cole Gutman a little bit. You don't see that a lot from young guys, but I love that Colton isn't afraid to shoot from bad angles or just put the puck on net at all times. He has that belief in himself that he can score from all areas of the ice. So I I love that uh, mentality of his at a young age. And I do think he's always going to be more of a goal scorer than a playmaker at the next level. I also love the physicality that he plays with at six foot four, combining it with, some decent ski, some decent speed. I don't think he's a great skater, but he's a good enough skater for his size to get the job done. And when he's going at a high level, you better look out along the boards because he will run into you. And all in all, he just plays with a power forward mentality. He drives the net with a purpose, crashes, is a good net front presence type of guy. And also is someone who does have enough skill to I don't think be a power play one type of guy at the next level, but I do think he could be a power play two net front presence goal scorer as well. And if he continues to round things out, I think he could be a good penalty killer as well. So there are a lot of reasons to like Colton Doc, but there are some weaknesses as well. The playmaking, I think, really needs to take some strides. Um, Sometimes this is kind of a problem with him. Um being a little bit more of a shot first type of guy. I do think there are situations where he is a little bit selfish out there on the ice and can kind of um, get caught up in his own game from time to time. There's positives to that, but there's also negatives and just the all in all consistency and staying healthy, man. That's really been the biggest concern as Colton just hasn't been able to stay on the ice consistently. Hopefully that will uh, change in the next couple of years compared to the last. As far as my projection goes for him though, I have him as a middle six power forward one day for the Blackhawks. Good goal scoring ability and maybe could be a guy that plays on both ends of the special teams department as well. Hopefully Colton will be able to get back on the ice though sometime soon and pick up right where he left off because he was doing a lot of good work before getting uh, knocked out. Number seven, coming up next here, we have Ryan Green, a 20-year-old second round pick in 2022 from the Blackhawks. Colton was their second round pick in 2021. Now here at number seven is their second round pick in 2022. 57th overall was Ryan Green. He's a six foot one, 180-pound center. So far this season, he's got 18 points, seven goals, and 11 assists in his first 19 games as a sophomore for the Boston University Terriers. And he's coming off a really impressive 
freshman campaign where he served as their third line center and was nearly a point per game guy as an 18 year old, nine goals and 22 assists for 31 points in his first 38 collegiate games. And Ryan Green has not slowed down so far as a sophomore. And what I really like about his game, as far as his strengths go, is at a young age, he's already proven to be a good, responsible, two-way center. Someone who I firmly believe, because of his defensive abilities, can and likely will play center at the next level for the Blackhawks. I also think he's got some really good playmaking and puck handling abilities. I think he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer, but can handle the biscuit when it's on his stick. Um, but the, the plays that he's able to make in tight areas, I think is really impressive for a 20 year old. It shows a mental maturity and understanding of the game. I think he has a good overall IQ on both ends of the ice. I'm really excited for Ryan green. As far as the strengths are the weaknesses go, I would like to see him develop that shot a little bit more. And I think he has done that this season after scoring nine goals in 38 games as a freshman. He already has seven and 19 so far as a sophomore. Uh, I would also just like to see him kind of round out his frame a little bit more and get a little bit harder on pucks and puck carriers. Because if he gets stronger and he gets up to that 200 pound threshold, man, I really think Ryan Green has the ability to play some bully hockey on both sides of the puck down the middle. As far as my projection goes for him, I think he could be the third line center of the future for the Blackhawks. Someone who, like Colton Dock, I think could be on the second power play unit and the Blackhawks' top penalty kill. He's a good faceoff man as well. What's going to be really interesting is, you know, Connor Bedard's kind of penciled into that number one center spot of the future. You also have to remember, we got Oliver Moore and Frank Nazar who also play down the middle. So might be tough for Ryan Green to find a spot there, but it's going to be really interesting to see out of all the Blackhawks prospects, which ones are going to be the ones that are playing center long-term for this team. And then number six, the last one I'm going to be getting into here today is Drew Comesso, baby, 21-year-old netminder, second-round pick for the Blackhawks in 2020. So kind of funny, we've gotten second-round picks here at numbers 8, 7, and 6. He was the 46th overall selection in the 2020 NHL draft, Six foot two, 185-pound goaltender that spent the last three years just getting a plethora of great experiences. After coming from the United States Development Program, he was kind of the starter as a freshman, he served as the backup, but as the year went on, he got more and more action in the last two years, been the full-time number one goaltender for Boston University as well. He's also played in the World Juniors, played in the World Championships, was part of the United States roster at the most recent Olympics. It's been awesome to see what Drew Comesso has been able to do these last couple of years and all these opportunities he's gotten, and that now leads him to his first full-time professional campaign down in the AHL with the Rockford Icehogs, where it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride for him thus far, but that's kind of how it goes when you make the jump to the professional scene. And as I talked about with Adam Guyan, there isn't like a linear path for goalies to make it to the NHL. They kind of all go about it at their own pace, and it just takes a while for them to get ready for that level. So to see Drew Comesso kind of have a little bit of an up 
and down first year in Rockford, I don't think it should be concerning to anyone whatsoever. And if anything, you should be encouraged based on the comments that Mike Fulta made to me yesterday saying that Camesso has kept a really level head on his shoulders and bounced back nicely here in the last couple of weeks. But all in all with Rockford, Camesso is 7-8-2 and two with a 2.93 goals against average and 894 save percentage with one shutout in his first 17 AHL games. Still not bad numbers, respectable. Goals against average below three, already has a shutout in his books. Um, but they are just a little bit down considering what he did in college hockey, which obviously there's a difference in talent that what he's playing against there. But he had a sub three goals against average uh, and an above a save percentage above 910 in all three seasons with Boston University. But as far as his strengths and weaknesses go for the strengths, one thing I've always noticed about Drew Comesso, and whenever I read about him, this is what gets brought up. It's just how calm and poised he is. There might not be anything about his game that jumps off the page or anything, but he just kind of stays calm, cool, and collected, stays in his own lane, is really well structured. He has good positioning and decent size at six foot two. I know, you know, the modern goaltender, they want him to be like six four and above, but not terrible size for Drew Comesso. As far as the weaknesses go, it's just to me, seeing professional action, becoming a pro all in all, handling rebounds a little bit better. That's something that I think he could work on. Um, but it's just about getting reps and continuing to develop and continuing to put positive days on top of positive days. I know that's cliche, but it's really all you can do as a young goaltender that's still only 21 years old. But as far as my projection goes for Drew Camesso, I think he's going to be a starting goaltender in the NHL for the Blackhawks. He's put up good numbers everywhere he's been. He's got lots of good opportunities at a young age. He's been someone I've been excited about ever since the Blackhawks drafted him in the second round of the 2020 NHL draft. I'm excited to see him take that next step. And I firmly believe he is the best goaltender prospect in the Blackhawks organization and is going to be their starter of the future a couple of years down the road. All right, that takes care of part three of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. I'll be having part four dropping on either Monday or Tuesday of next week. So make sure to keep your peepers peeled for that. And coming up in just a moment here, Blackhawks fans, I'll briefly touch on the Hawks' lackluster 3 nothing loss to the Buffalo Sabres last night. But first, I need to talk to you all about Indeed. There's no I in team, but there is an I in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build your company. When you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. And that's Indeed. Indeed streamlines the hiring process with powerful tools that help you fact help you find match candidates in an instant. And I personally love Indeed because it is the only job site out there where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you got to make every dollar count. So do just that by visiting indeed.com slash lockdown to start hiring right now. Again, that's indeed.com slash lockdown. Need to hire? Then you need Indeed. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of 
the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, please make sure to go and smash the like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel if you're watching this video here today and haven't done all of that stuff already. And if you're a regular audio listener of the podcast, please make sure to go and leave me a review. Make sure to go and rate the show with five stars. It only takes two seconds, and those things really do help me out tremendously by driving the YouTube and Google algorithm in my direction. And also, make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports Today, because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, segment three. Before I wrap things up, last night the Chicago Blackhawks fell 3 to nothing to the Buffalo Sabres. If you watched along with me, I apologize on behalf of the Blackhawks team. And they have now dropped, yes, 16 consecutive games on the road. Haven't won an away game since November 9th in Tampa Bay. And the goal scoring just remains a huge problem. And that's why it's so tough to watch this Blackhawks team right now. The defense, they deserve a lot of credit. They continue to be better. And they have now allowed three goals or fewer in six consecutive games. And they've also done so in seven of nine total here in the month of January. But they just cannot do anything offensively with the amount of crucial bodies that they have on injured reserve. Connor Bedard. Nick Foligno, Taylor Radish got injured again last night. Anthony Beauvillier still out. Tyler Johnson still out. Taylor Hall's out for the season. We had to cut Corey Perry. I mean, it is just a nightmare up front right now for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, They have scored one goal or fewer, a.k.a. one goal or been shut out in eight of their last ten games. They have four goals over their last five, which it's the first time that they've done that since 2005-2006. On the bright side, though, Blackhawks fans in 2005-2006, Blackhawks fans didn't know it at the time, but they were just a couple years away from the team being in contention for the Stanley Cup once again. So hopefully that will be the case in just a couple of years' time from right here, right now. But yeah, it is just brutal to watch this Blackhawks team right now, and it stinks because they're putting up good efforts against some of the better teams in the NHL. I'm not saying that about Buffalo, but you know, last week against um Edmonton against the Winnipeg Jets against the Dallas Stars Blackhawks had leads in all of those games they scored first in all of those games but just couldn't score more than once couldn't give their goaltender any insurance goals unfortunately and they wound up dropping all of them and it's not the defense's fault it's because the offense just doesn't have the skill or the talent to keep up with opposing teams right now uh it's been real tough but what I wanted to get into here is some of my key takeaways that the Blackhawks had last night real quick. I do want to mention Arvid Soderblom, his first game in 13 days. He looked pretty good for that being the case. He stopped all 15 shots that he faced in the first period, and I don't really know how you could blame him for this loss. The first goal that the Sabres scored was off a redirect right out in front with no defenseman preventing that redirect by Gergensen's. The second one, yeah, maybe you could blame Soderblom because – Paterka was able to bank the shot from below the goal line off of his mask, but just a little bit fluky there. And then the third goal was um, off of Alex Vlasic's stick and up over Arvid Soderblom. So you really can't blame him for yet another loss here, but still hasn't won in over two months now or against a team that wasn't the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he has been better. There's no doubt about that. And it's been nice to see him 
kind of calm things down and, and progress in the right direction. He's allowed three goals or fewer in each of his last three starts, only given up eight total in those last three starts. And all like he's playing a lot on the road is one thing I want to mention as well. Each of his last five starts have come on the road. So it's been a, a little tough grind for Arvid Soderblom undoubtedly this season, but it's nice to see that he at least has been better in the last couple of weeks. Isaac Phillips also jumped into the lineup last night with both Nikita Zaitsev, he's on injured reserve now too, and Connor Murphy out of the lineup. It was his first game in a week and a half as well, and I thought he was really solid. He actually led the Blackhawks game score impact card, but will he be in the lineup again tonight against the Islanders? If Connor Murphy's able to go, I'm going to guess no, unfortunately. And again, as I've said before, if the Hawks loved Arvid, if they loved Isaac Phillips, he would be in the lineup on a nightly basis, and he just isn't so. I think to me, that's kind of telling of what his future is with the organization. And then last, Lucas Reichel. Something's got to give here, Blackhawks fans. It's To me, he's still being mishandled. It's either you put him on the top line or you scratch him for a couple of games to send him a memo. And I don't mind him playing with Cole Gutman, but he's playing with Mackenzie Entwistle as a center, man. That's a fourth-line center that provides basically no offense. I don't understand why Lucas Reichel's there. Give him Jason Dickinson. Give him Colin Blackwell. Give him Taylor Radish, Philip Kurashev, Joey Anderson. Give him some help. I do not agree with how he's been handled this year, being bounced between center and wing, never really playing with Philip Kurashev, who he looked good with last year. I don't agree with how Lucas Reichel's being handled, but continuing to place him on the same line with Cole Gutman and Mackenzie Entwistle and expecting different results, it's the definition of insanity. So something's got to change, in my opinion, with Lucas Reichel to either get him going or send him a message that he still hasn't been good enough by scratching him for a game or two. All right, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks right now wherever you may be listening to your podcasts and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. Subscribe for Celebrini. If you're not subscribing to me, that means you don't want Macklin Celebrini here in Chicago. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it's uploaded to YouTube each and every day. As always, I'm your boy, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And make sure to go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until the next episode, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, stay warm. I'll catch you next time on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.